You are now listening to Sierra Unraveled, hosted by yours truly. I am a single mother who finally released myself from a toxic relationship with the help of God, of course, so I can pursue my wildest dreams. Tune in every week for some crazy stories, real life drama, and motivation to keep going. You got this. All right, welcome back to another episode of Sierra Unraveled. Today I have a guest, and I'm really excited to have her here. We're in different parts of the country, so coordinating different schedules is always challenging, but we made it. Her name is Crystal Mazzola. She is a best-selling author, licensed marriage and family therapist, and codependency recovery coach. Her books include The Codependency Recovery Plan, A Five-Step Guide to Understand, Accept, and Break Free from the Codependent Cycle, and the Codependency Workbook, Simple Practices for Developing and Maintaining Your Independence. Crystal started her practice, the Healthy Relationship Foundation, driven by her desire to help as many people as possible recover so that there will be a ripple effect of good in this world. Crystal is excited to be expanding this vision by launching her first course, Self-Love is Possible, How to Stop Being Your Own Worst Enemy and Become Your Own Best Friend, this coming August. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Sierra. I'm so excited to be here. So can you explain kind of how you're, um, you got into this line of work? Yes, absolutely. Well, first and foremost, I was driven to become a therapist at a really young age. And I always say people become therapists for a reason. So definitely had the very typical codependent family experience, grew up in an alcoholic home. There was a lot of abuse in my home. And so I was always striving to find healing. Um, through everything that I had gone through and I really wanted to help other people heal as well. I always had the hope that healing was possible even when it was evading me. Um, and so I, I was driven to become a therapist and then I wanted to work at the Meadows where I started working there. It's basically a treatment center that specializes in codependency recovery. I worked with the expert there, PM Melody, and I gained a lot of my expertise there. And so I landed into the field of codependency kind of by happenstance it was more trauma that I was motivated to work on but codependency and trauma go hand in hand and so through that experience I was able to see how common codependency is and then really focus my practice and my work on that now. When you first um, decided to go into this career were you worried about how um, your family had like would eventually find out kind of thing because I feel like in anyone's self-healing journey they think about I don't want to say betrayal but that's how it's often seen um, were you worried about the reaction I guess from your family and friends once you decided to go on this healing journey yeah I love that question you know it's funny because even though I have definitely am in recovery for codependency I so I relate to a lot of these things when it comes to my family I've the part of me that was always very angry about my trauma and my experiences with them was very motivating for me. And so I never once thought about how they would feel about my healing work. Or even when I wrote my first book, I didn't even think about how my mom would receive the fact that I speak about our relationship in it. Um, Later on, I realized that it was difficult for her and I appreciated that, but it's still my story and I have the right to share that. And so I really wasn't worried about that. I, I feel like becoming a therapist and a healer was my purpose in life. And so I was driven to do that. Oh, that was such a great answer. I love it. 
Um, that's something that I feel like most people are afraid about talking about their story because they're worried that like once it all comes out, how are they going to feel? But you can't think about that because that weight is being carried on your shoulders and you're never going to heal the way you probably should. Um, so for my listeners that are new to this term codependency, I know you and I have talked about it a little bit. Um, it's kind of a evolving thing here. Can you explain a little bit more in depth what codependency is? I know it has a few little subcategories as well. Um, just so they get a better understanding. Yeah, of course. So that's a really great question. There are a lot of definitions for codependency, and I, I have my own that's featured in my books, but I'm even realizing that that's really wordy. So actually, one of my clients came up with the best definition I, of codependency I've ever heard, which is that when you put your okayness below other people's consistently. So when you put other people's okayness above your own consistently, that's codependency. So a codependent person is going to think a lot more about what other people need, want, or expect from them or how they feel more than they think about themselves. Whereas when you're interdependent, when you're healthy, yes, you care about other people. Like that is part of the human experience. We are designed to connect and care, but we think first and foremost, what do I need? What do I want? What are my boundaries and limits? And then we live our life from that place and then negotiate with others. And so in codependency, instead, because we're so preoccupied with other people's needs and wants, we do a lot of people pleasing. There's a lot of perfectionism because we're looking for other people to tell us that we're enough. Codependents fundamentally believe that they're not enough, that they have to prove their worth. So they're always striving to perform, to feel better. So it's like, if I get this job, then I'm going to be okay. If my dad finally says, I love you, then I'm going to be okay. But even if we get those things, it's still not enough. The target is always moving. Uh, codependency also is really centered around a lack of boundaries. A lot of times it comes from this sense of who am I to set boundaries? You know, I love other people so much or they need other people, you know, other people need things from me. So I'm going to feel guilty if I have my own limits or my own needs and I honor that. And so I know in my own life, with um, my boundary issues and codependency it usually manifested in my dating relationships. I used to feel that I was so worthless and so unlovable that if I set boundaries, of course they would leave. And so I had to take whatever I could get because that's all I was worth. Mm. Do you think yeah. that codependency, that um, off yeah, you did for sure. Um, so do you think that codependency often makes people do a lot of like self-sacrificing? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So it's, it can be hard to figure out if you're codependent because there's different definitions and there's lots of different symptoms underneath that. But a key sign that you might be struggling with codependency is if you consistently feel exhausted and resentful in your relationships. So this exhaustion comes from this sense of always trying to prove your worth, always trying to keep other people happy, which is an endless cycle because when we're anticipating others needs, it's never going to be enough because we can't actually satisfy another person completely. They're the person who's responsible to do that. And so the work there is endless um, when we're trying to prove our worth there. Um, then there's a lot of resentment as well, because there's kind of a lot of people in their codependency will feel like I'm doing all this stuff for you. And, but you're not giving me anything back. They often won't tell other people what they need though. They just think like, well, if I, um, sacrifice and I'm your doormat and I do everything for you, then you're suddenly going to see that I'm worthwhile and lovable and you're going to give me the attention and affirmations that I desire. And so, but then we don't get that because we're not asserting ourselves and then we're often resent resentful. So I would say that anger is a gift because it shows you what your limits and boundaries are, but resentment is something you do to yourself because 
it's when you decide to not assert your limits or your boundaries or your needs that resentment builds. So anger is the gift, but resentment is something you do to yourself when you don't honor your anger. If they're unsure that they're codependent or not, where's because there's so many different definitions, where would they begin to even understand? I think it would probably involve a lot of self-reflection, but just getting a better, better general understanding of what all the different avenues that codependency could bring would be the beginning starting point, correct? Absolutely. And that's such a good question and point. When you're first starting to hear about codependency, a lot of times people will have this intuitive sense of like, hmm, that sounds kind of like me. I'm kind of relating here. And so I think that the first place is definitely to build that awareness, to educate yourself. I think that books are a really good place to start. Um, there's a lot of resources online as well, you know, but, um, you know, in my first book, The Codependency Recovery Plan, I really outline what codependency is, how it starts. And then a lot of times you're going to see like, oh, it makes sense that I put other people above myself. It makes sense. And so just naming it, like there's this idea that if we name it, we tame it. Just naming it and identifying that we're struggling with it is so powerful towards our healing. So the first step is to really just educate yourself. There's next steps. But I really think if you're resonating with this idea for any of your listeners, if they're just kind of feeling like, hmm, that could be me. I've never really thought about this before. Have I heard this before? You know, there's lots of resources out there. So um, I think for me personally, I've always kind of had an issue with boundaries. Um, and I've like gone through the work of like trying to figure out if they should be more porous or less porous, that kind of thing. Um, but this is really just a new concept to me going to therapy recently within the past year or so and working on it myself. But for people who have never really had to think about their boundaries, this is probably where they tie in together very, very closely. So do you think that setting boundaries is difficult? Um, And how long does the process usually take? It's kind of a lifelong thing almost if you've never had them before. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Well, first of all, I'm so glad that you're learning to have these boundaries. You've always deserved that. So I'm glad that you're learning that because really codependency stems from the sense of not being good enough, which I was talking about before. But we don't get to self-love just all of a sudden. We actually get to self-love with self-respect and self-protection. And boundaries are about self-protection. And so we do have to practice as if we love ourselves, practice as if we think we're worth our boundaries. It is a lifelong process. And many of us didn't grow up in families that role modeled it. And we can only learn about boundaries from our families. And so if our families had really broken boundaries or porous, as you called it, then that's what we're going to pick up. Healthy boundaries are, it's basically like we have this bubble around ourselves. No other person exists in our bubble. You know, sometimes in codependency, people are like, I want someone else in my bubble. It's like, "Mm -mm." we all have the right to our own separate bubble. And actually our separate bubbles, our boundaries, our separate bubbles actually enable intimacy. We can't actually have true deep intimacy and connection with another human being if we're enmeshed with them, if we don't see our separation from them. Um, So that's actually the beauty of boundaries is it enables closer relationships. But it, it is a lot of work. It is a lifelong process. I do think that it becomes easier, though, that the more we set those boundaries, the more that we protect ourselves, the more we start to respect ourselves, and then the easier it gets to just honor them. So at first, it's hard because we're having to go back and kind of clean up our relationships. And so we're having to set boundaries where we didn't have any. And sometimes as we heal, one of the sad truths about recovery in general, but especially codependency recovery, is we may lose people in our lives that were really important to us at one point because they are incapable of honoring and valuing us in the way that we deserve. 
And so we don't know how someone's going to respond when we set boundaries, but if they're incapable, we may need to step away. But I do want to say that as we recover, it becomes easier because then we only attract and allow people into our lives that respect us. So when someone does realize they're codependent, they start putting their boundaries, um, how, I mean, I guess there, there could be a before and after. So before someone had boundaries or even realized they were codependent, um, in general, how are other people around them, their lives affected, their friends and family, versus realizing that they're codependent, putting in these boundaries in place, the after person? Because I feel like it's totally two totally different people um I'm realizing it in my own life I'm like wow like who I really am versus who I thought I was might not be the same <laughs> totally yeah so I, I love that go point go ahead yeah Sorry. please finish the question no no you're fine I was just going to ask how how codependency can affect those around you yeah I love that sorry I was just getting excited because I was totally <laughs> relating you know I was recently thinking actually about the there was a relationship that I had on and off for four years that I call my rock bottom that that was the like and rock bottoms just when we decide it is whether we're co- recovering from codependency or something else we decide when rock bottom is we get to decide we're done hurting but that was my rock bottom because I finally said I'm not going to compromise myself anymore. I'm not going to give up the things I most need. For example, I always denied the fact that I truly wanted commitment. That was one of those boundaries I didn't set. So for four years on and off, I let, I tolerated situations that really deteriorated my sense of self-worth and self-respect. And so I finally decided enough is enough. And I was actually thinking recently about him and I thought, well, if he met me now, he wouldn't even recognize me we wouldn't even have a connection anymore. And I thought that that was really a lovely thing because it was a very painful relationship. And so our authentic self is often very different than our self-sacrificing, almost like the expression doormat comes to mind. Like when we're like doing everything for other people, there's almost a sense of like, I exist for other people. I'm like this doormat. Some people talk about that. Um, So we do shift. And so first, before we heal from codependency, before we even have that awareness, the people in our lives, actually, it's so ironic because we're doing it out of love for other people or care. Well, we think it's love and care, but really it's self-serving because we're just trying to find our sense of worth. We're trying to have other people fill us up. You know, like in that relationship I mentioned, like for all of the things he, he, how he hurt me, I also did plenty of things that were harmful to the relationship as well. Like, I remember I used to tell him that it would be time to give me a compliment. Like when I would see him, I'm like, okay, now it's time to tell me nice things about me because I was so desperate for validation. I I didn't realize that wasn't his job until I I did more healing work. Um, But so people in our lives who are codependent um, actually feel really suffocated and controlled. Um, Even though we think we're doing it for them, they feel controlled, they feel micromanaged, they feel that we're putting unreasonable expectations on them that they can't measure up. Because like, for example, my mom was always doing things in her codependency for me and my brother and I, and I thought she was just being our mom. And then she would have these breakdowns where she would start yelling and then ask us if we wanted her blood, like what else could she give us? Dramatic Italian family. Um, But, you know, she would say like, what else can I give you? And I just thought that she was showing up to me out of love. And so when she would say that to me, I would feel trapped because I was just trying to exist as her child, but then she had these expectations for me that she never explained to me. So there's a lot of suffocation, a lot of sense of being controlled from like the person who's like the partner of a codependent. 
usually codependents attract each other, um, but you know, the partner is going to feel that way. Um, and then as we heal, um, people are not going to necessarily like it at first. Our primal brain is to design is designed to get as much as possible with as little much as with as little effort as possible. So when people start setting boundaries with us, our primal brain is like, wait, what? I have to do more work now. Like I remember my mom would start saying things like, okay, Crystal, it's time for you to clean up, you know, after dinner. Cause like she used to do everything around the house. And I remember feeling angry. Like I thought this was just your job. Um, but she's, you know, she explained to me yeah, that she you was always do it. <laughs> exactly. But I'm like, okay, I didn't like it at first, but when she explained to me that it was her process of self-respect, I could understand that. And I, I was willing to do it. And that's the thing is some people are going to show us that they're willing to go on that healing journey with us. It doesn't mean that they're going to say like, awesome, cool. You're making me do more work at first, or I'm going to have to change to be in your life but they are going to follow you and value you enough to do that work with you. And other people just aren't going to be capable. Um, and so that's, I know I said a lot, but that's really the process because as we heal, the people in our lives are healing with us. <laughs> yes. And, and hopefully, and the goal hopefully is to inspire other people to want to heal themselves. <laughs> exactly. That's the amazing thing. When we're codependent, we're trying to fix other people. We've, really obsess about their change. Because for example, if I'm dating an, an addict or an alcoholic, you know, and he's still using, then I'm going to make up that that's about my worth. So I'm going to be obsessed with his healing work. I'm going to be obsessed with him going to therapy, going to rehab, whatever it is, because then I'll feel worthwhile. But the amazing thing in codependency recovery is we start to just focus on ourselves. And then the people who are meant to have interdependent, healthy relationships with us will just go like, wow, I want some of that. I want some of that peace and self-respect that that person's bringing to their lives. And they're just going to naturally do their healing work. It might not be the therapy or the rehab you imagined for them. It might look like Reiki and reading. I don't know because we all have different healing journeys, but people are going to be inspired when they see us heal from codependency. And that's the, I think that that's the beautiful irony is that we were so obsessed with other people changing to prove our worth and our codependency. But when we just relax and focus on our own healing, then we get to really have people around us who are inspired and motivated to do their own work. So we talked about it a little bit very briefly where codependency might stem from. Typically it's, it's a learned behavior. I feel it's not like inherited, but it's environmental. Um, and then you pick up on those traits and then you kind of project them outwards. Um, but also it can be based out of trauma sometimes mm -hmm. as well. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so I actually think that we have a codependent culture. I think that being raised in the American culture, I can't speak to other ones because I grew up in this culture, but being raised in this culture, we're always given the message that we have to keep striving to prove our worth. I mean, if you even look at like advertising and consumerism, like we're never good enough just as we are. We have to get the, the next iPhone or the, you know, the, the next like makeup product or whatever it is. And so there's always this innate sense of I'm not good enough, so I have to prove my work. But it's not about proving ourselves to other people. And so that's the really cool thing is as we connect with our authenticity, there might be things like, you know, like I authentically love fancy things, but it's not about showing off to other people. Like I, I'm really, you know, I love my spa days. I mean, I've only had like two in my entire life, but I love them. And like, but that's not about proving myself to other people. That's just, I really love that. <laughs> and some other people like really different self-care. Exactly. And you get to decide what your self-care is. 
But I think we have a codependent culture. So even if you had the experience of having what we call a good enough childhood experience or family experience, you might still struggle with some perfectionism or people pleasing, which are codependent symptoms, just because of our culture. Um, also different family systems are going to have more of it. For example, certain cultures are more enmeshed, like they have more boundary issues, like people are on top of each other rather than having their own separate bubbles, like I talked about. Um, so, you know, I know that um, I've heard that from clients that the Chinese culture has, you know, this sense of um, boundaries not even making any sense to them, that you know, people get to tell each other what to do. There's a lot of stigma around mental health as well. And so, you know, our different cultures are going to impact our boundaries as well. Like I know like being raised Italian, there was a lot of enmeshment as well. Um, and then trauma definitely does impact that, but trauma doesn't have to just be like sexual or physical abuse. Trauma is really just means a wound. And so things that we don't often talk about, like bullying or um, moving a lot when we were growing up, that those can be wounds as well that make us feel not good enough. For example, someone who moved a lot, like, you know, the army brat, quote unquote, experience, like maybe you never really got to connect with people growing up because you were always moving schools. That might make you feel like I'm an outsider and I'm not good enough. And so codependency can come from that as well. And of course, like extreme abuse can create that as well. So what would happen... I guess it would be really bad. I try not to think about this, but I'm worried that there are potentially people in my audience or other people just in our friend circles individually that might be codependent that decide that they are not codependent. What is going to happen to them? I shouldn't say it like that because it's like we don't predict that. But potentially if I'm codependent and I don't do something about it after I realize that I am or I decide that I don't even want to be open to the idea potentially what is my life going to look like? I love that question. You know, I, I think a lot about legacy and living with integrity. Integrity just means wholeness. And so fundamentally, if you struggle with this sense of not being good enough and trying to prove your worth, maybe you're not, maybe you're still going to have a lot of success by external measures, but you're never going to feel whole and satisfied. You're always going to feel like something's missing, which creates exhaustion and resentment, this sense of burnout. You're never going to have this sense of peace and fulfillment that is actually possible in life. Some people actually think it's not possible to truly be feel whole and fulfilled, but it is possible. And you'll never have that if you don't do the recovery work. And I really think at the end of our days, I think a lot about that. You know, at the end of your days, if you chose not to do your recovery work, I do think we can't escape regrets, but I do think that you'll, your heart will be heavy with more regrets than someone who did their healing work, because you will see the years and decades that you really spent. I don't want to say wasted. It feels like a waste when you recover, but that you spent really entrenched in these ways of being that are so painful and hurtful to yourself and others that weren't necessary. You know, the people who always say, on your deathbed, you're not going to wish that you had worked more. There's so many people like that actually codependency can show up in workaholism. It doesn't have to just be in these alcoholic or addictive relationships. And in our workaholism, it's really rewarded in the American culture, but people don't wish that they had worked more. And so they wish that they had connected more with people. And if you don't heal from your codependency, you'll never have that true sense of connection with yourself or others. And I just it makes me very sad for those people who choose to never do their healing work. I love it. So where can they get more of you? Because I could literally talk to you all day. 
Yeah, I'd love to connect with anyone who found this useful. I'd love to connect with you more in the future, Sierra. But the best way to find me is at my website, healthyrelationshipfoundation.com. Um, they can also sign up for my course that will be available at the beginning of August. It will be launching. There will be live support with my course. It's not just a course. It's actually live interaction with me um, that will launch in August. Um, there's a sign up for that under courses. Um, and also, if people just want to learn more, my books are a really great place to start. They can be found on Amazon, um, the Codependency Recovery Plan or the Codependency Workbook. Okay, well, thank you so, so much. Um, I'll definitely be sharing the links to your website on my episode notes, as well as dropping the support network for them to join on your group page. And if they have any questions, I'll drop your email as well, and they can send them your way. And again, thank you so much for being on the show today. My pleasure. Thank you, Sierra. Ah, codependency. Just another thing for me to add to the list of things that might potentially be wrong with me. Anyways, I hope you loved the interview today. I'll just keep on lining them up for you. And as always, stop letting them unravel you because only you can unravel it yourself.